Hey everybody, what's up? It's Kyle and KZ. More, yeah, more people get their voice out there, and I think they'll realize like we're all we're all the same, really. Join the army. KZ decided, let's do it. <laughs> Took the bait, so here we go. Veteran, veteran, chat project. Where it's encouraged to not be okay all the time. And we're off. And this is powered by Riverside FM. <laughs> <laughs> every time <laughs> it's got to start like that thank you for riverside fm for existing and letting us host our podcast in multiple places no i'm not paid for them yet but if you want to pay us we will take the money um so yeah we're back with another episode of veteran chat project i'm kyle in case dawson how you been man <laughs> <laughs> good man good yeah, we um, so we we talked to Dawson what two weeks ago, and then um, we had some. We did. Um, yeah, <laughs> just catching catching back up. Um, so introduce yourself if you don't mind uh, to to the people that don't know who you are. There's a lot of us uh, in our in our close brotherhood friend group that know exactly who you are and what what you mean to them. But uh, to those who don't know, uh, if you don't mind, just like a little brief intro about. About where you're from, your uh, your your time in the army, and uh, what you do now, where you're at now. Well, uh, from West Virginia, uh, forty years old. I joined the army right out of high school because I mean there wasn't a whole lot you know, to do in West Virginia. Uh, I did fifteen years, and well, about fifteen years, three months, and like I think it was eight days total. Uh, <laughs> And then got out whenever I was in Louisiana. Well, of course, did two deployments. I went to Korea, did two, two deployments after that. And then uh, went to the good old Fort Polk, Louisiana, to be an OC for, uh, well, I was an OC first, and then they, they disbanded the unit, so I went to be a warrior transition unit uh, cadre for you know, soldiers transitioning out of the Army. So we had to help help guys, you know, make sure they were going to get all the benefits that they deserved, you know, especially you know the guys that came in wounded, yeah, stuff like that. Make sure they did all their appointments and, uh, you know, trying to help them transition out of the army and do it smoothly. And then, uh, of course, 2015, my my daughter was born, and it kind of solidified my wanting to get out, I guess you'd say, you know, yeah. kind of being done. Uh, and the doctors kept asking me, hey, you ready to pull the trigger? You know, your knees are done. You ain't going to run no more. This your back's messed up. I finally said, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Got out. And then came over here to, to Lean, Texas. Uh, kind of hung out a little bit. You know, uh, the house I bought needed a whole lot of work. So I did did a lot of that stuff. Did a couple little like side jobs. I, I was going to try to start my own business here and there. Like I did bedlining, cut some, did some uh, lawn mowing for a little while. Went to school for HVAC. And now I'm I'm doing that. Well, actually, I'm I'm doing HVAC and appliances and refrigeration and ice machine. I'm getting ready to you go to Sears. You just got job, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to Sears. I'll be solely appliances. There you go. Oh, yeah. you, don't, you don't have to. No more service calls. No more. Um, no more 2 a.m. phone calls because someone don't know how to work their thermostat. Yeah, no more on call. You're to, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's one of the reasons I never. I was like, I don't want to do that. This is, I wouldn't last. <laughs> the. Uh, Learning how to be tactful in the army, it kind of helped me not uh, tell people to go fuck themselves. Or, you know, <laughs> right? Them, hey, you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this shit's broke because you're stupid, or you know, whatever. Uh, it kind of. I've had a couple times where you know people would. I was so mad that. It felt like the whole house was shaking. Oh damn! And I just had to walk out, you know, like 
but uh, I think being in the military helps you kind of deal with stuff like that better, you know, realize that cause you can think, you know, you can kind of think on your feet and know that, yeah, I, I just need to go ahead and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> the um do you think your time in that war transition unit helped you um helped you transition a little easier? Yeah. Yeah. I mean definitely definitely did. Uh well, I mean for one I kind of knew the importance of, you know, doing those VA business mm. on the way out. Yeah. Uh, and then it kind of you know, you learn a lot of uh, for the resources for soldiers, oh. you know, like warrior transition unit, they're, they're, they're you know, you, you know, just about anywhere that has one has uh, the social workers and, and all them people that work with soldiers getting out. And, you know, it, it don't even matter if you're in the unit, you can go to the hospital on folks and, and get sent over there to see them and, and, and work with them. Yeah. And, you know, just, uh, the USO works a lot with them and, uh, they've got, uh, like the programs like, uh, Louisiana hunters for heroes, for example. You know, oh, that's those, cool. And, uh, what, uh, the other one, wounded warrior project and, and stuff like that. They, they work. They reach out to those warrior transition units to, to get volunteers for for whatever, like the hunts and stuff that they do to, to help to get them out doing stuff. Yeah. Instead of just sitting in their room and and thinking about deployments or, or whatever's going on in their head, you know, you got because you got like we were talking last time, people getting like it happened to me. My ex-wife got knocked up while I was in Iraq, so you know. It happens a lot. And yeah, a lot of people that have to deal with that shit. So, right, just knowing a couple of resources to, to go to helps a lot. Yeah, just I mean, going back to when you said getting getting out of the house, dude, just getting people off the couch and kind of out of their own head for a little bit can just do really some amazing stuff for people, you know. So that's awesome. I know for me, like that first kind of getting out after the army was like I played disc golf a lot, so I started getting out checking out new parks, checking out new like areas. I mean, there's disc golf park everywhere. You can get in to it fairly cheap unless you become addicted like I was and I bought like way too many frisbees, but well, discs, they don't call them frisbees, but <laughs> that's here nor there. Probably a whole another episode on that, but basically, yeah, just getting people out of the house, man, is huge, especially if you're if you're ever feeling like that. Um Louisiana Hunters for Heroes. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's cool. I'm gonna have to look look them up. Yeah, I was just made a note to kind of look up and see if they had anything a, like that around me to kind of. There's a Texas Hunters for Heroes, and but I don't know of any up north. I'll look it up right now. Power of technology. And there's one. There's one called Fishing for Freedom. They do fishing tournaments. I know they've done a couple here in Texas. Uh, and I, they've done the one I went to was up in Missouri, I want to say. How long was that? Huh? How long was that? Uh, how, long how long was it? Yeah. That fishing thing. So you go pretty much stay, you stay the whole weekend oh, with dang. them. And they'll do it like veterans you know all you got to do is like so with the warrior transition unit we drove up there in a government van and i took uh as i was in charge of you know the, the like outdoor programs and uh we took uh like six or eight people up there and stayed i think we left friday came back sunday oh that's cool uh did the fishing tournament like I think we did Friday Saturday morning we went out 
fishing and then the tournament was Sunday. So we fished two days. It was pretty good. I mean, it was cold and yeah. rainy, but it was still a good time. It I just looked it up. There is on. one up here. I might have to reach out. Uh, do because that sounds like a blast to me. Like I just got an ice fishing too. So I mean, like something like that would be cool. Even if I could offer up like my shack, and like have you know veterans come out and come ice fishing with me next winter, dude. And, Ooh, you know, some beers and do some ice fishing, man, and then do a do an episode with them. Dawson, would you ever go ice fishing? Oh, oh yeah, y'all like let's go. Like, come on, I want you. I guess I want you guys yeah. all to come out at the same time. <laughs> like we will go next year. I can't. I mean, we can still get out on the ice right now, but. I'm not driving out there like late ice, but I mean we're still frozen. I woke up this morning; it was negative ten. Dude, I've got I've got like I've got arthritis in my back and, and like hip problems and everything. So I would probably have to like duct tape those little hand warmers <laughs> all over my body. Dude, but I, I would got, do it. I got a sh I got a camper that's an ice fishing shack. So it seats. It's got four holes in it and it comfortably sleeps five people five grown adults it's got a tv it's got two burners we could sit there and play cards i got what? a heater bro it's fucking good i pull it out there on my trip with my truck drop it right on the ice and drill holes we don't even have to leave that thing except for to take a piss so 10 if we're on top of each other yeah so 10 <laughs> of us yeah that's cool i mean 10 a little 10 tanker snuggle that's cool I, i'm still yeah I'm no, so ice afraid fishing's of gonna weather. be a blast, man. But it's called Hometown Heroes. Dot. Oh yeah, what is it? I already, I already murdered it. Hometown Hero Outdoors. Dot org. And I'll have to look them up. I wonder if it's up here in North Dakota. It says there's over 46,000 veterans currently residing in North Dakota. 7,600 active military personnel currently residing in North Dakota. So, and that's like. <laughs> I mean, that's sixty percent of us right there. You know what I mean? There's not that many people up here because <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, it's not bad. Obviously, great hunting, great fishing. If if you're into that, I'm gonna start doing some more fishing this year. But we've gotten a little off track, but no, that's, that's fine. Great. Talking hunting, fishing. I mean, that's that's definitely great. Uh, great activities to get people out of the house. And um, yeah, I know a lot of hunter. Now a lot of people now that hunt. A rooster. He said that he's like a master. Uh, what do you call it? What do you say he was? Master bird hunter. So he's got pretty much almost every species in North America, except for like six or seven birds that he's like hunted and captured. And what's funny, dude, is my brother's wife posted a picture the day after we talked to him. And I wouldn't have known anything about it, but she was like, they said it's a sandhill crane. And I was like, dude, Rooster said that's one of the ones that he hasn't gotten. Oh, yet. that's cool. One of the six birds, so I, I sent him a picture. I was like, there's one in my brother's backyard right now. <laughs> like, go get it. You know, he's like, that's Dim's good eatings right there. You know, rooster. He's like, I'm going to carve them up and eat them real oh, good. Oh, dang. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, but, yeah, so hunting, fishing. Definitely, uh, definitely want to have you guys up to ice fish, man. Whoever wants to come up at any time next year, I will let you know as soon as soon as it is you could you fly to fargo and i'll pick you up and we'll be on the lake within 30 minutes guaranteed get our own tea we'll make it an hour so we stop for some some beers and some bait beers and bait and burritos cheetos yeah. and fritos and all the Edo family dawson how many uh funions you said in 2015 your daughter was born how many is she your? Is she the only girl you got? That y'all got? She's the only girl that I've got. She's the only. I don't have any sisters. I don't have any nieces. Mm. So I'm, I'm the youngest of five boys, and I've got five nephews. Dang. Boys, Damn. One girl. Oh, that well that that man gene running strong <laughs> with the Dawson. That boys. makes a lot of sense. That when you what you said. Like, <laughs> Making that decision once your daughter was born to get out. Yeah, and you know, like with 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 my wife too. Like, I wasn't going to put her to another deployment or yeah. stuff like that. So it was just it was time. That's tough. Uh, yeah, I mean, I well, I don't need to go on that for me, but. 
you know, I know that deployments and stuff can be tough on relationships. So, yeah, that was, I mean, looking back, that's probably the right call. I mean, obviously, whatever the call you made is, is always the right call. Um, putting your family first, I think, is 100% the right choice every time, you know. You gave the Army plenty, you know, and it's plenty. And it's the biggest time of need, and they they didn't need you no more, and your family absolutely did, dude. And How did, um... I can, had it uh had angela take the uh the the what do you call it the transition from being that military wife to just you know being out of the military from your pers- well, I mean, from your perspective i think she was just really glad i got out yeah. but then you know cause, i mean after so i was an alcoholic for a pretty long time uh you know even before I was probably, I was alcoholic before I deployed. And then when I got back the first time, it was worse, you know? Mm. And, uh, then after the second time, it was, it, it never, obviously didn't get any better. So, you know, she, it was a rough, it was rough going for a while. I mean, you know, she, uh, there was a time when I left and was going to drive to West Virginia and, and I don't know if I, you know, I didn't know what, what was going next, going to happen next. Yeah. But, you know, kind of just, then I, I think I went, did some therapy and stuff like that, you know, after my mom got killed and that was when I kind of just grew up and I was like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta stop this. If not for, for my family, for me too. So, uh, that would be probably one of the hardest things she had to deal with, really, is just watching me kind of spiral downward for a while. And, you know, because, I mean, you know, we all deal with the with the PTSD and, yeah. you know, nightmares and dealing with shit we saw and shit we, we put up with. And then, you know, I got out and then my mom got killed in a car accident and she had never Damn. even seen never even met my daughter her only granddaughter Damn. so that that killed me you know i mean it, it, it did and so i bet obviously you know after that like everything got worse and you know it was, it was just I, I i think i just kind of woke up yeah you know, and realized that part of what was wrong was, you know, getting out of the army because it was all I knew. And dealing with that is, is hard. And if you don't do it right, then you can end up in a bad place. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, like you were talking about with that alcohol, man. Uh, I mean, alcohol is actually a depressant. So, I mean,. You, it, you might as well call that depression a fire and that alcohol is just it's just gonna light that shit and, you know in my experience anyway uh it, once when you drop that bottle it, again it's 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 as much of a revelation as getting outside for that first time and like getting that first breath of like oh man this feels good you know like it feels good and, you know for the first time you feel accomplished you know and like you know it's huge yeah. uh so i mean i i definitely like i I know how much you liked to drink back then because I also liked to drink as much. You know, we drank quite a bit. Uh, and so, I mean, yeah, dude, that's, I think that's great. I think it's awesome. So congratulations on, you know, like to, on being able to just say, like, I don't drink. Thanks. Like for me, I I just, I take like a sip every now and then. or I'm like, oh, hey, it's a really fun night. Like I'll have a beer. But at the end of the day, I'm like. I don't want this. It makes my makes my tummy hurt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah like that's the, about... in your thirties, hangovers just absolutely kill you, dude. They floor you to death, and you're just like, I'm. I can't believe I ever drank this much. Yeah, I was. I mean, I would still drink even. Oh, like last year, my brother uh, went in the hospital. He had cirrhosis. Damn. And he uh, and COVID at the same time. Holy shit. I mean, I, I freaking took money out of my retirement to drive up there just in case. Well, he got out. He got out of the hospital in like a week. Uh, but I still took the vacation and drove up there to see him because I was like, 
he has been an alcoholic since I don't I, since he was probably like 17, 18, mm. maybe even earlier. And he's a Fifty-four, and I mean, he drink. He would drink nonstop all day, every day. Yeah. And so he, whenever he got to where he could talk and everything, he told me, he said, "You you won't see me enough with another drink in my hand." And I was just kind of like, "Have you?" Nope. Damn, that's off. He nice. quit. That's awesome. Uh, I mean. You know, when you can actually it almost dying will wake, it almost dying will wake you up. Shit, yeah. It, it really should. I mean, people don't really understand. Like, you really do get that flash. You know, if you think, think you're about to die, you get that flash. You know, and I had, uh, if you do, you know, if you learn how to bounce back from stuff like that, it's, it's really huge. You know, being resilient. Um, I think resilient is just a huge huge asset to to have if you're struggling uh with anything um so yeah i mean moving on a little bit um i know since we were kind of already on the family um i kind of wanted to touch on with 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 both of you actually kind of turn it over ask kz first um just about like the 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 family thing that we were kind of talking about before we got on you know like the um like how how kind of having some of our issues and how it kind of affects our family or how to kind of like even like in in day-to-day basis or you know if stuff pops through you know what i mean like i don't not i'm me my myself i'm not perfect you know i still have issues to this day it's obviously it's a lot better than it used to be um but i mean sometimes you know like flip the whole house upside down because you can't find your keys type shit or just, you know, any kind of small stuff like really kind of would flip me out. And I know like you mentioned it, uh, Dawson was about like, once I had my kid, you know, and like I saw that instant reaction in, in him when I would just like kind of flip over something stupid, you know, and he just sitting there like terrified, you know, and it was like, dude, it made me feel like the biggest piece of shit ever. Um, and, you know, honestly, since... He was born is really kind of when I started kind of thinking about uh, like how I am inside of me kind of affects everybody around me, if that makes sense. Like the whole, you know, if you don't love yourself, no one's going to love you type mindset. Like that shit's true. Uh, You can spend it however you want. But like if you don't take care of yourself, you can't expect anybody to want to stick around and take care of you. Um, So, I mean, like I know you both have very strong – wife's in your life so i know that you probably have been through it but you also have you know someone there to kind of go through it with you so like how was that um no it was no (laughs) (laughs) no it was that's probably the toughest thing about transition for me was um was trying to balance like what was going on with me and how it was affecting my family. Cause, um, I wasn't as like, I wasn't as I got out when I was, I forgot what year I got out in 2015, but I forgot how old I was. I think I was 28. So I wasn't, a, um, I wasn't as mature as Dawson was when he, um, he said he, he actually went out and got, you know, got some help. Like it, it took a long time for me to find that balance and I'm still trying to find it today. And like, you know, it took, it took my wife to like, tell me like, cause when I got out, my sole purpose was like, okay, like my identity has been stripped from me, like emotionally, um, my finances are gone. Like I don't have a safety net anymore. So financially I have to try to find something new to provide for my family. So it was, I was focused solely on like how to provide and how to do for them. And, like, and not worrying about like, and not caring at all about my mental health and like how it affected them at all. So it took, it took years, almost six years for six years after I got out to, for like Nikki one day to be like, Hey, you need to like, you need to realize like what's, what's going on. Like when you, when you have an, like, when you have one of your like episodes or like you, you're pissed off because of, or you get triggered because of something, 
Like you need to realize how that's affecting the kids. Because I mean, I for one didn't see that, unfortunately. And I feel so bad for my three older kids because um I didn't see that until she had to like, you know, pretty much put it in my face. Like you need to realize what's going on, what how how your emotions are affecting the kids. And I know that for the you know, since you've got out, you've been trying to focus on us, but you need to you need to you need to go fucking fix yourself because that's the only way that everything else is gonna line up. And like you both said, like you gotta you gotta fix yourself first. And it took it took a long time for me to realize that I have to focus on myself first before I can help anyone else out because um, it felt selfish to do that for for the longest time. So trying to balance mental health and um, and then balancing a relationship with my kids is uh and my wife is. It's still something I'm learning how to do. I see the effects of my three older children because um, it's a combination of one. I wasn't with them as much as I I was I wanted to be because of the army when they were when they were born and when they were growing up in their you know first four years of life. So I see I kind of see that there, and, but at the same time I, I also see the effects of like when I got out, how I how I acted, how I reacted, how it triggers. What 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 it what that stuff did to me, and there's sometimes where I feel like such a piece of shit dad because they'll walk by, and they'll notice that I'm I'm upset over something and like they're afraid to talk to me, and like I feel it's it's something I'm still trying to work on with my three older ones. My youngest one is like when he was born is is was right around when Nikki told me that, and that's when, um. My, my my relationship with my youngest is is I wish it was like that with my three older ones because when he was born, it was right around that time that I was trying to focus on myself and work on myself. And it's and there are some days you can see there's a night and day difference between how my youngest treats me or not treats me but acts towards me versus how my three older ones act towards me because of all that stuff. Yeah, my wife likes to say the expression uh, like walking on eggshells. You know, like she don't know like can't call it you know she's like i can't sometimes like are you are you gonna react really poorly to something i say and in her defense is usually something super yeah. trivial or minor and i'm like what yeah. the fuck do you mean you know how are you calling me a piece yeah. of shit because of this you know and it's like it ain't got nothing to do and she yeah. has nothing to do with that you know uh and then i think like ultimately like just being able to take that responsibility you know it's huge because that alone, I mean, working on yourself, working on that, uh, will, I, I found in my, I mean, my marriage obviously is a lot shorter than your guys's, but when I met my wife, we were of the understanding, like if we're old, we were, well, now we're not old, but you know, we're in our thirties and you know, if, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And like within the first two years, you know, I yeah. asked her to marry me and I'd say pretty much right around the time after we got married and like before we had the kid was, you know, she's like, you need to start getting your, you know, your, your ducks in a row, you know, cause she doesn't curse that much, <laughs> which is funny cause <laughs> look who she married. She says things like gall dang it and shucks. she will be like, shucks. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, <laughs> you know, <laughs> But, you know, she's like, I don't understand it. I'm like, I don't either. But, you know, and then ultimately it led me to, you know, going and, and actually talking. And for me, it was shit. I've been out of the Army since 2011. So, I mean, we're talking almost, yeah, 10 years before I finally was like, okay. And, I mean, man, I could think back to just how many people I've potentially yeah. hurt because of unchecked aggression. You know what I mean? And, like, people would just treat people like they're not even part of my life like they like you know like if if some some like person treats me shittily like i mean i could think of just right now off the top of my head like um there was an instance at my school where one of the ladies didn't put in the paperwork to uh you know so my gi bill didn't come through and i didn't get paid and i was really relying on that money and i was stressed out at that time i mean i was still kind of drinking and shit a lot so i definitely wasn't working on myself and i went to go ask her about it and she uh was like, oh, I'm going on lunch, like, all with, like, an attitude, and I just, I fucking flipped out, I remember, I don't even remember what I said necessarily, but I just remember it was, it was definitely screaming, 
and cursing at her like she was, you know, like she was a private. Like someone would just be like, listen here, you stupid piece of shit. Like, I need, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, you know, looking back on that, you're like, why the fuck do you get to talk yeah. to someone like that? You know, and, and I think ultimately, like, when it boils down, like, that's why I wanted to start something like this. Because, like, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I feel like I hurt quite a bit of people um, leading up to kind of where I am today and like if any of them ever hear this you know like I want them to know you know like that person doesn't really exist anymore you know he's worked really hard to get rid of that guy and um, yeah so I mean like that all kind of started with the family for me um, and I know kind of Kevin you were a little kind of talking about that in the same way um, just kind of like you know that just kind of being able to use it to kind of check some of that you know aggression or kind of that quick quick temper that we all kind of are known for as veterans so yeah you want to talk a little bit about that maybe hmm? <laughs> me yeah so uh oh yeah sergeant what was the what was the, the question though like oh yeah fair enough uh just more along the lines of the same question though like how um like how has family kind of either helped or, you know, played a part in your, I'd say path, we'll call it a mental health journey. I think, uh, KZ over here hit it on the head and, and I can, I think, I, well, I, I know I can relate because like my daughter and my sons are like not. In that. Yeah. Just because of the way I was whenever they were born and the way I am now and I see the way I was, and I'm like, it's the same thing, man. I'm like ashamed of some of the things that I've, the way that I've handled things as, as a parent in the past, and it's uh, it's hard to yeah. come back from. Uh, and then Do I found think... out. So my dad was in the Marines too, and then, but he, he, like, I didn't have a a, a good a perfect childhood or anything, but like I didn't, like I, I know I got whipped a few times at least, but I don't remember a whole lot of that. But then I found out uh, when my brother came down here is that apparently when I was about three, he beat me so bad that they ended up like having to oh. do CPR on me. I guess I quit breathing. Holy shit. And so that's when my dad apparently my my mom told him this has got to stop. Like, so that's when he calmed down. So he was what? What war? Uh, so Vietnam or I'm he was, sorry, he went Marine. to Vietnam for oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Jesus. We're fine. Yeah. Four times though, dude. That's a. Uh, I mean, shit. How short? I wonder. Like, do you know like the length of those deployments? Oh, I don't know. It's probably like six or eight months or something like that. Hey, you were talking about uh, like uh, it's hard thing to come back from. Um, so do you? I I I find myself doing this more and more, and it's a it's a good thing, but it's also like a it's a reminder of like, oh yeah, you were a piece of shit back then. Like um, like there are things now because I'm because because I'm you know I've worked on myself and um you know to. To, to handle things better uh, for, uh, on my personal relationship with my children and my wife. There are things now that come up every now and then and they're, they'll look at me and they'll go, dad or kids, is this okay? Like, can we do this? Uh, not for permission, but just like, is this going to set you off? And I'm like, no, I like, I'm like, no, it's fine. I've, I've moved on right. from that. Like, like I remember the first time that happened was like, we we're at a restaurant and uh, we went to eat Mexican food. And, and Nikki was like, like, no, dad needs to sit there. Cause it's, <laughs> His back can't be to the door. Uh, and I, no. I still like that. I don't care. Like, that's one. I'll, and still, I'll still hold on to that one. And I was like, like not nah, smart play. We're here to eat. Who cares? Let's like, let's, like, that's, that's, that's a stress I don't need in my life right now. Right. Like, I'll still eat, <laughs> but if I can get that corner booth, so like, I'm going to get that corner booth. But yeah, like you said, like, like, like do you, like, I'll eat. do y'all find yourself like, um, coming back from certain things that, that, that your family or loved ones have like, walked eggshells around before i mean, I mean yeah because it's, it's 
you know, because they'll get to the point where they walk around yeah. eggshells all the time. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. like back when I would drink a lot. So like it was, it was, they were always going through that. Now that I don't, you know, it's, it's kind of, they, you know, they still, uh, they still do just cause like if I, if I tell the kids to do something and they don't, and then I tell them two, three more times and they still don't, then it's, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm probably going to end up yelling, you know? Right. So, I mean, it's just like, you, you, but you used your escalation of force. Yeah. <laughs> your rules of engagement. You know, you set those rules, and hey, I'm gonna. You know, that's kind of be. A, I asked you nice. I asked you nice six times, and now I'm fucking yeah. telling you, and you will fucking. Uh, you will do it. <laughs> I hopefully never have to get to that last. Oh one. yeah. I'm sure I will. I'm raising a young. I'm raising a young Turner, so he's gonna be. Yeah. A hand yeah. I've I've noticed a lot, and I think, um, like. It's a, I've, when I talked to Nikki about it, she was, she reminded me like, um, in my therapist too, like, like these are good things to notice because it means that you're working on yourself and it means that it means that like when Absolutely. things come up, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be reminded as like a slap in the face of like, damn, like y'all really acted, y'all, y'all are really acting this way because I used to act that way. But it's, it should be, a, it should, it should be looked at more of like, Okay, that's who I used to be. I need to remind my family now that like I've I've grown from that, and um, we don't need to do that anymore. So, so yeah, yeah, hell yeah. My my one thing it was like before we go off the subject of that shame, because uh, I mean it's it's pretty obvious we've all kind of felt that shame in our our actions and. Uh, like, do you think that's, that's kind of like, you know how hard it is to do, right? You know, especially, I don't know like how many times you go down that spiral, it kind of gets harder every time. So you kind of hopefully to, to stop going down it. But I mean, do you think that like, you know, not, I mean, you know, obviously not everybody is as resilient, uh, as we are, you know, um, which hopefully, you know, this kind of talk, you know, on a platform like we're doing, uh, kind of helps build that up inside of people. But like, do you think that maybe, you know, that shame is kind of like a leading kind of factor in people's, you know, ultimate decision to cash out? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's something I've always kind of thought about, like, you know, what, you know, like, what was, yeah. You know, what, like, what made him do you it? You got the kids, you got the wife, you got the family, like you look so happy and you know, like, is something like that happen where you're just like, I cannot, you know, I can't face myself. Because, I mean, I've felt that shame before. You're just like, I, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I don't even want to look myself in the mirror, you know, and. Yeah, I'd say it probably hard. is a, yeah. a, a guiding factor in a lot of them because I was, when I was in Louisiana, I got a DUI. Dude, Angela wouldn't get me out of bail me out of jail, and I mean, I felt like just the lowest shit on earth, man. And, and you know, that's the lowest I've ever been. And yeah. I, you know, I didn't think about uh, you know moving on or anything like that. But I was just kind of like, if I was one of those people, if I was going to do that right now, would mm. probably be that time, you know? right? Yeah, I've definitely yeah. had that thought a few times. Like, yeah, this would be this would be that time where you know someone someone could give in or someone could give up. But you know, again, that word resiliency, dude, fucking resiliency. That is, I mean, it's huge. The balance, like Rocky Balboa. So, you know, he taught us when we were young. Not enough people watch Rocky. It ain't about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving. You know, like. Your fucking life is gonna keep beating the shit out of you unless you learn how to push forward. Yeah. You're never gonna be able to fight back, you know. And I think that's one thing, you know. Somewhere along the line, those guys, sort of those, you know, those people, you know, they lose that that fight that we all kind of had in us, you know. And you know, I think some of these things we've already kind of talked about, like you know, there's so many other things you can do instead of you know sitting around the house sulking in it. Uh, basically pickling your liver you know like yeah. you don't have to do that shit you get outside 
fresh air, do get some vitamin D in you, get some, throw some plastic frisbees in the air and chase them and go throw them again, dude. It sounds simple. It sounds dumb. It's fucking awesome. Takes you all over the place, dude. Everywhere's got a disc golf course. They got them in Mexico now. They got them everywhere. But, uh, yeah, man, I think that's, uh, I mean, it's just, it's a hard thing to do to, to kind of get out of that again, you know, and like, if there's one thing I could preach, it's like, if you ever feel yourself, like you can't look in the mirror, like you don't, like you're just absolutely ashamed of yourself, just do it, dude, just tell yourself, like, like KZ or I can't remember who said it with the two of you, it's like, you know, like, that's not you know you don't have to be ashamed of that you can you can learn from that you know as long as you have the support system in your life or you know i think it's huge the support system's huge you know my wife has been an angel for me in this aspect of like just being able to calmly tell me like hey listen like this isn't going to work for me you know like i'm not going to put up with this okay i'll get it fixed because you know I love this woman, <laughs> you know, like I got lucky, yeah. lucky on Bumble one night, you know, and for, um, and here I am. That's a good point. And, for, but in, um, the support system, find yourself a support system. Um, it's easier said, it sounds, it sounds so cliche, but, um, that really is the first step. Uh, once you realize you have that you need help, that's, that's the first step. Um, was that what, what I forgot what I wrote on that video, but I meant it when I wrote it. We would, we'd rather like as your battle buddies or uh, friends, friends of military service, whatever. We'd rather hear from you than read about you. So like that's, yeah. I forgot who told me that or yeah, where I read sure, that yeah. first. I was like, I was like, I said, yeah, that's that uh, that that makes sense. I would I would rather hear from you than read about you. So for those guys that aren't married that don't have that don't have the opposite sex or same sex relationships like reach out to your battle buddies those guys that, those guys and girls that wore the uniform with you that are that are still in or out just reach out to them talk to them because they're they'll they'll listen to you oh yeah reach out to us reach out to us hey, I had, a, I had a, not to go too far off topic but still on mental health I, had a, I saw I saw a clip on on YouTube I think, or TikTok, because 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 I'm addicted to social media. But it was this guy was talking about uh, first uh, mental health for one. He was talking about mental health and he was comparing um, he was comparing first responders to military veterans, right? And he said he said like you know we mm -hmm. we go we deploy for like 15 months and then or a year or six months or nine months, but we deploy for months at a time. And then that could be it, right? We could, our, our, our service could be done, our contract could, could be, be over yeah. and we get out when we transition into civilian life. We have the rest of our lives to deal with what we saw in those nine months or 15 months versus first responders who like see that stuff every day. Y'all ever think about that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've never actually, thought about that. Um, I do actually. What do you think about it? like that's their job? Like you said, like it's every day, and they don't get a chance to process that shit, and they're dealing with it. I mean, like, and then you know, some guys, you know, they have like limited um, experience with that kind of stuff overseas. You know, yeah. some guys ain't had to see that. Some guys did. Um, you know, and these EMS gets called in the worst situations: car accident, someone needs to get pulled out of their car. I mean, they're seeing that. They're seeing the worst every time, every day. I mean, they're definitely. They're probably them but i mean firefighters police officers i mean i bet those guys have some of the same issues you know from just a different um origin than we do you know it's they don't have time to process it i mean my brother he is a uh he's a dispatcher for the eau claire area police department uh so he handles a lot of the emergency calls and i mean i know just i mean he hasn't really gone into a whole lot of detail from it but i'm sure he wasn't expecting like to be basically gone goes so deep so fast you know like he before he was off training yeah. he was like holy shit and like are you sure that's what you want to do you know like once you peel back that layer on human society and you realize that there's really a fucking 
dark, nasty element to humans and you see it, it's hard to unsee. And I think that's like another part of some of our issues is like we go over there and you see the shit that people do to each other and you're like, dude, like it's everywhere. Like you can't unsee yeah. it, you know, like, yeah. you know, this, yeah. this shit's happening everywhere. It's not just, you know, people don't just get killed in Iraq, you know, they get killed on the streets here, they get killed everywhere. And like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's and that's, and that I think that's what, day. uh, that's like, that got me thinking like really, that, that, that really got me thinking. Cause I was like, that's, uh, that's a tough, that's like, they see that stuff every day versus like I was deployed four times, but you know, I have the rest of my life to, 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 to navigate my way through, um, how I'm thinking and how I'm reacting and stuff versus these, these guys out there. And for a quick right. minute, and if I, if I offend any first responders, I'm sorry, my, my, my father works for the sheriff's office and my mom, the dispatcher. So like, I thought I heard that and I was like, I guess, I guess what I got, like my end of the deal wasn't that bad. <laughs> like I hate to sound so blunt, but like it's, we do, we really do have the rest of our lives to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You get to lay out like a plan, you know, like, Oh, I want to, I want to work out three days a week. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make sure I get out, you know? And they're like, and you got like those one or one or four things that trigger you because of the experiences you have, but they got, they could have, fucking 80 different things that trigger their anxiety or their PTSD. They could be in a car. They could see a red car and they remember a time that they had to pull a little girl out or something and all of a sudden they're like back in there. But, you know, they're still working on another, like, I don't know. Like, I no. Nope. Yeah, as much I, as I, I, would, I would love to be able to do that, no, I can't. My hat's off to them, but I, I couldn't do it. Absolutely. I couldn't do it either. Yeah, I, no. But when, yeah. I, when I moved to South Carolina, that was like, that was my first, uh, my first option was to just to go join the sheriff's office where my parents worked. <laughs> and my Nikki was like, "You're you're insane." <laughs> yeah, like, you still don't do that. Well, actually, I did. I did. Oh, I did cool, want to be a game warden. If I was going to go into law enforcement, I, I would. I would like. I mean, I would. I would still if the opportunity was. That'd be a cool job. You know, you'd probably work. You probably be real the, good at that it, too. Is that what Kevin Costner does in Yellowstone? Come on, man. I don't know. Oh, I've never seen it. <laughs> well, <it's cool. laughs> I never watched it. Yeah, I haven't either. I thought he was a ranch. In... <laughs> I, I thought he was uh, dancing with wolves again. I thought it was dancing with wolves too. No. It's, it's not... close, I think. <laughs> it's All right. Kevin Costner, why don't you let us know what it is? So I don't know anything. Yeah, we don't know anything about yeah. Yellowstone on this yeah. website, on this podcast, because they're not paying us for it. Kevin. <laughs> no, but I don't, I don't like, uh, I've never watched Game of Thrones either, and I'm not one of those, uh, like, if everyone's watching it, I'm like, this show probably sucks. <laughs> and then I was like, I thought about watching it, but then like, I watched what? how it ended, and I watched how the entire world got duped <laughs> by that shithole of a show. They're like everyone was so pissed at it, and they're like, "Oh, I can't believe it ended like this." Like, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I just know that it sucks. <laughs> it kept me. It kept me. It kept me entertained. <laughs> what um? So um, so we know. Yeah, but it's all right because yeah, we're talking. About, we're right. talking about inter, we're talking about entertainment. So that got me thinking about like outlets and stuff. So what um? I know Kyle, you like to do. I feel like your hands on yeah disc golf. And you're, you're disc, like, you're handling a lot of stuff, which I love because you're, you're, yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of dabble what about, in everything I like to get What about out. you, Dawson? Like what's, Just what's your fishing. one like vice? Like, um, it doesn't have to be like when things are bad, but like when, what is one thing that you can always count on outside of family that'll make you, um, that'll just calm everything down? You know, really just being being outdoors. Uh, I mean, I like hiking and, and uh, hunting, going out shooting guns, you know, whatever I can do to, to get out. But I'd say fishing uh, is probably the top. That's cool. Top choice. Yeah, I'm going to have to get more into that because the, uh, the disc golf courses here, they flood. 
after all this snow melts, is all most of them are on the river, so they'll flood out, and then I'll be I'll probably only get like a month or two to play out here. So the fishing's definitely gonna be huge. I'm gonna get me a little puddle jumper, dude, and I'll get out on these flooded rivers and catch me some catfish. Start bass What? Yeah, probably will. That's hard. The top top water. <laughs> Why? Hard is so easy. Yeah. My wife would I, like, be, I also I also thoroughly dude, I would enjoy go, ice fishing. I would go and be gone all day. Off. I would go and be gone all day. I'm t- and my wife and and come back and and I wouldn't catch nothing. And my wife would be like, "How do you go fishing for eight hours and not catching?" I'm like, "Well, I didn't fish in the same <laughs> spot for eight hours. I'll tell you that. I mean, it's, yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah, that's that's like." You keep trying to catch one, and before you know it, eight hours have passed. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, shit. You're nice. You're... You go home and eat some dinner. Oh, man. What about you, Bowden? What do you do? Yeah. CrossFit. Okay. CrossFit. I do CrossFit. No, you know you were dying to talk this about CrossFit. This is not CrossFit. that type of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it no. involves jelly. No, I... Um... But and stuff. buttholes <laughs> and, but, and butt stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Mowgli used to send us the nastiest pictures when we were like when we first got. I remember we first got back from that first deployment when we got like we got smartphones. You would like text us pictures of like poop or like weird nasty stuff, and then we'd be in the same room and you would just wait for our response. He'd be like, "Did you get your text yet? No, ding." Oh, he's like, hey, <laughs> eating some kimchi. Kimchi's the shit. <laughs> kimchi's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to work out. I don't. Um, yeah, I like to work out. I, I, we like I, we we slowly started building the garage into like a home gym, but I I broke my uh, I broke my nice. barbell last week. So no, no, not too much. But I was just too two amped. Like huh? I, yeah. Yeah, I did. I did the CrossFit thing, and I was kind of slammed on the ground because I was super stoked that I I hit the weight. That and uh, and like it just yeah. <laughs> it broke. That's yeah. nice when it's their shit, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice when it belongs to the gym. Yeah, so like, when it's yours, you're like, oh, and, it, and the the one we got was expensive. We, we bought it from one of our neighbors for like a hundred bucks. So now I have to go spend four hundred dollars to replace replace it. So yeah, that's fun. That's what I do. How much? Four hundred. Yeah, good barbells. Yeah, for the one, for the one I want, it's like throw around like the cheapest one you can buy is like three hundred bucks. Just because the weight. You don't have to throw them around. Crossfitters, you don't have to. And the way it's made, you can just lift them. I don't know. There's science. There's like there's 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 Einstein behind it. There's math behind it. Where it it it's it there's whip in it and it feels good. Whatever. Ooh. <laughs> Sounds key. Yeah, I, 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 ch- I, I wish I could. Track again, I need to I go fishing. Off. We have a, we got a like a lake, river, something out here, or and the kids want to go. Kid, need to go. Need to go disc golfing. You got probably yeah, a they, shitload of yeah, golf and they're all open too. By you, because they're just like randomly placed in parks. Yeah. Yeah, most of them are in like yeah parks. A lot of parks. Um, sometimes golf courses will um, set up a course like along their, you know, golf course. It doesn't use the golf greens and stuff, but you can play on golf courses, which is pretty cool. Uh, we did one in Colorado that one of the pros designed uh, in Boulder. It was pretty badass because we got to rent golf carts, you know, and play on the course like we were golfing. And obviously you don't, throw as far as you can hit a golf ball but it's still kind of fun to you know it's usually a walking sport so fun for a change up to be able to drive the golf courts golf carts around and shit you know uh and there you know i played a lot of a lot of mountain courses in colorado too so i'm actually going back uh next month in may to go uh, to go play some turn play a tournament and uh, get some mountain courses in that's cool dude I miss I miss fishing. I wish uh, that that's something I, that's a that's a personal struggle of mine uh, that I st- I still haven't overcome. I'll get there one day. 
Um, it just takes me going out there to, to go fish. I haven't like, Start taking they want to go cause they, they used to go fishing with their grandparents or my, Nikki's grandparents all the time in Waco. Um, or at least with the summer they were there. It's just, uh, the last time I, like the last time I was like truly addicted to fishing was, um, was in Kansas when I was a steel. I haven't like, I haven't fished since. So I don't like going out there. If I go out there, I don't want to be by myself. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those things I still have to, uh, I know I got to overcome. All it takes is just getting myself out there. Yeah. Yeah, man. He'll be with you. He ain't going to let you fish alone. I don't know how to, I don't know how to, you know that dude, I don't know how that you dude, know that, dude that dude would stay out, like, just trip. like Dawson said, he used to stay out there for like hours. Like, don't you got PT to run the next morning? It's like, yeah, I gotta be there at five thirty. It's like it's two thirty. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I know. No, I lived with the dude. I know. He would stay up all night watching Pantera videos and then go to go to PT after just being up. Literally, like he'd like come in my room. Like, did you ever go to sleep? He's like, no. I've been watching this Pantera video, playing with my scorpion. What? Man, don't let that fucking don't let that fucking thing out, man. <laughs> he had a scorpion in our apartment. I think I remember that. Yeah, I was like, do not let that fucking thing out, man. I don't, I don't want to wake up and have have a scorpion in my house because he like to he like to play around. So I like I told him I was like, please God, do not come in my room with that shit. All fucking hey. <laughs> oh fucking nickel. So damn Friday safety Steal my man right there. Do not play with the wildlife. <laughs> yeah. Don't bring the scorpion to your roommate's room while he's sleeping. <laughs> Safety briefs. They just basically give you a list of shit to do if you're bored. You know what? It's like, what did first sergeant say not to do? Oh, we should do that. <laughs> So yeah, um, that um, got anything else where we want to talk about tonight? Or I know we've kind of mentioned um, outlets. We mentioned kind of talking with the families and yeah, such I, and I've such been underlining so this thing because I can't wait to look it up when I lay down. Louisiana Heroes for Hunters. Hunters, did I Hunters write that wrong? No, I wrote it. I wrote it. I just said it wrong. <laughs> HometownHeroOutdoor.org as well. Yeah, man, I'm good. I think um, I think we covered. I like what we covered today. Uh, well, you know, I did. We did ask him a question last time that he had. Oh yeah, a pretty solid I'm sure I, I butchered it. Kind of quoted it, um, but we I, I butchered it. But you know, we, we we're kind of kind of so we're gonna wrap it up here. So I do want to ask you. Want to we're gonna ask you a question we asked you last time to like just kind of like leave leave the soldiers. You know, if someone's listening to this transitioning, if someone's listening to this going through anything, or you know, just uh, just give them a a little bit of that. Uh, you know that. Kevin Dawson knowledge, you know, that give him a little piece of that advice. Uh, what was the question? Like, what would, what would be the one advice you give to transitioning soldiers or, or service members right now? Yeah. Uh, it, it was based, I mean, basically, you know, carry the Army values with you in everything in life, you know, because. Think about it. Loyalty, you know, it, it's not just to the army and it, it's to your family. You know, your duty. It, you got duty to your all the the army values. If you live by them, you ain't gonna go wrong. You know, I mean, it's and if if you if if you're so mad at the army when you get out that you know you you just want to reject the army values or whatever, uh, like. Kind of religion or something, then 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 pick some kind of values and and morals and and live by that, and uh, you 
can't go wrong. And then, you know, when you when you get out, when you pick a profession, be a professional. Whatever you do, if you're gonna if you're gonna cut grass, cut the fuck out of some grass. You know, if you if you're gonna be a uh, if you're gonna drive a, a shit truck, then then yeah. clean up all that shit. You know, I mean, whatever you do, you're gonna shovel shit in the circus. You'd be the best damn shit shoveler in the circus. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's what I, I'll, yeah, man, I'll tell people. Hey, I'll be the guy running behind the elephant in the circus for the right amount of money. Yeah. Because I mean, that's yeah. what you're there to do. Make money and put food on the table and go home. So, and that's that was about it. Yeah, absolutely. That's some fucking Damn, I like that's that. some knowledge. Yeah, I totally. Live. I totally values, butchered that shit. Man. Live those values. Yeah, you butchered it, but it's all right. It's all right. We get the idea. That's why we know. You know, basically. You I have know, to go back and listen. listen to the episode now. No, yeah. And, I, yeah, I put I put yeah I put a little yeah I put a little clip. Of what, it up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally butchered that. That's why there's only one uh, Kevin motherfucking Dawson. That's why. It's true. It's true. <laughs> top tank. Yeah, it's true. Bouton shot top yeah. tank once too after he left us. As yeah, a boy. What? Yeah pretty badass that's one thing i missed dude that was a fun week or what was it two weeks week i don't remember it was fun that was gunnery yeah gunnery our well because our gunnery wasn't like a traditional it was the first time they did like what tables we didn't i don't know that was the worst time no it wasn't the worst time i had a horrible gunnery Well, yeah, you guys were on the pimped out tank. Well, you have. Well, that was also- Nichols got pimped out to everybody to load. Sergeant Dawson, Dawson was on RSO like the whole time. So, I mean, me and Rooster yeah. and Gallo were just chilling. He was just like, hey, stay in the tank. Don't get in trouble. Roger that. Hey, we were ready. Anytime he came down, he's like, we got to go shoot right now. We're like, fuck. <laughs> I just woke up. Like, let's go, I guess. <laughs> and we went out and fucking performed, baby. I remember that too. He came pulling up in the Humvee. I'm like, someone's pulling up. Rooster's fucking sleeping in the hole. He's like, it's Sergeant Dawson. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Because <laughs> I remember you were busy the whole time. They had you, uh, well, yeah, range safety. So you're up there in the tower or wherever. Yeah, so just, basically, whenever whenever we got a chance, we the tower and RSO. We were chilling, chilling. It was in right that around tank. the time like I was recovering. Gallo was loading was some fake heat rounds, though. I'll tell you that much, because I was worried. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I was like, dude, you got to show me that you even know how. We had to teach him how before we even started. We're like, you just got there. He got there, like, as we're loading the tank for gunner. They're like, this is your new private. And I'm like, hey. He's like, hello, I'm, I'm Gallo. And he starts humming show tunes. And I'm like, oh, this will be fun. You can see that. Be great. Oh, we're going into the we're going into the garage to see the good shit. For those of you who don't have video right now, you're gonna be jealous. That's a that's my cool shit. The tank round. I know I know Sergeant Dawson's oh, got something. Shit. Ooh. Why has he got Del Pozo's name on it? Because <laughs> he gave it to me. Why is it... <laughs> scratch that name off. Put Kevin Dawson on it. I'll send you. Is it vinyl? I'll scratch it. Put, we'll put your name on it. But no, that's cool as hell. I didn't, I didn't... Did you get that for uh, when he was at Killer Troop? Uh, I don't even know. Probably. But I just didn't take his name off of it because Casey sees it again. He took my name off of it. <laughs> kind of out, out of respect. For the gunnery. So... After that gunnery, remember we were talking about how raining it was raining its ass off. But you remember what happened after that gunnery? What day it was, or that significant event that happened at Fort Hood when we were on uh, we were on Crisis Reaction Brigade at the time of that Fort Hood shooting. Do you remember that shit? Was that a gunnery? Yeah, we did. Did, did we even that finish was we were gunnery? at the wash rack. Pretty or no, we did. We finished gunnery, or no, was it not gunnery? It might have just been a field, but we were at the wash rack. We were just in the from field. Something. Yeah. No, remember we had to go oh, into it was the wash a field rack. Thing. We finished the yeah. wash rack at like one o'clock in the morning. Had to be on guard. We left our shit there. We left the tanks there. I remember because they're like, we got to go. 
sit on gate duty and shit. Me and Simmons were on the damn gate. Oh, yeah. Dang. That shit was crazy, dude. We didn't even know. Like, at first, we just got the net call. They're like, uh, this is a real-life situation. The fucking someone shot up the SRC or oh, you know, yeah. Soldier Readiness Center. We're like, what? And, you know, we were on we were on task for that Crisis Reaction Brigade at the time. So I remember, uh, like, hey, wheels up, bitches. I remember White, White, I remember White Four looking at me like I was... Uh, like the, like the biggest, like the biggest idiot. Cause he, cause we didn't have cell phones. He was, I think, I think tank commanders were the only ones that had cell phones out there during that field problem. Yes. And he was like, I did not have mine. He was, he was like, bout here, call your parents, tell them you're okay. And I just like, I called him and it was a voicemail. And I was like, Hey mom, dad, there's been a shooting. I'm fine. Love you. Bye. <laughs> He's like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> Short, sweet to the point. Like, Sarnia did exactly Don't what he wanted me to do. He had to phone back. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah, I forgot all about yeah, that. Yeah, dude. That's good times. Good times. Well, not really. Obviously not. But, Jesus. That's just shit that I forget. You know, like, damn, I was there. We were on Fort Hood when that happened. You know, you yeah. think of that. You know, I don't even think, does that guy even. Um, what was it, November Major, 8th? Major Major Hassan. Yeah. Yeah. November 8th, wasn't it? Yeah. I think so. 11th. No, I think it was the eighth. You know, I, yeah, I, I November fifth, two thousand nine. Dang. November fifth, two thousand nine. A mass shooting took place at Fort Hood near Colleen, Texas. Nadal Hassan, a U.S. Mm. Army major and psychiatrist, fatally shot thirteen people and injured more than thirty others. Yeah, I remember that, dude. We were on, uh, we were on gate duty. We had to guard the hospital where the some of the victims were. Um, we had, I remember there was like a daycare that we had this, like had a post that, uh, front gate, fuck yeah, yeah front gate. I was on, I went from front gate. I think me and Sergeant Simmons went from that and we were on, we were on front gate for like 18 hours straight. I had the, I remember that dude. That sucked. I had the PX in the commissary. But that was, uh, we had no idea what was going on either. You know, we were just like, I remember when we first got there, it was still like, cause we were coming out of that wash rack and we had. We come out and then they're like, you know, go grab your vest and here's, you know, five rounds and, you know, and then we, I remember getting out of the back of the MRAP at the front thing. Me and Sergeant Simmons are like, you know, full combat mode. I remember Sergeant Major Hines. He's like, hey, <laughs> relax. You know, I'm like, wait, like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean, relax? There's somebody like, no, like they got him. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. See, like, I've we just been spun up. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm private. Nobody tells me shit. Get in the truck, Turner. Roger. You're fucking going to the front gate for the next day. Got it. I got so much free food from the commissary and, and the PX when we had to guard it. I think I forgot who I was with, but like right behind one of the poles, there was like a we had like a we had like a cache of Red Bull donuts, beef jerky. Just people, people, people were so nice. They're like, hey, how long have you been here? It's like, oh, I think we're like, I don't know when we're leaving. We're I think we're here until someone comes. <laughs> are, are you like, are you hungry? It's like, no, I just ate. Actually, yeah, I'm a little hungry. <laughs> it's like that was the first time I had a buffalo chicken MRE. Ooh, those are good. It was good. <laughs> I like those. Those are good. Well, yeah, man, that's a that's a good little. I think that's a good way to wrap it up. You know, uh, covered everything from. You know, outlets, families to friggin' extra stacks of Red Bull on guard duty, you know. I mean, what else can you get? All right here at the Veteran Pet. Veteran Chat Project. Buzz. Powered by Riverside FM. Buzzy pickles. It's true. <laughs> oh, they'll go buzzy up them pickles. Shit, yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on. And uh, God bless and good night. All right, man. Y'all want me to come back on later on?